Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity for us to be here for Good Friday. God, thank you that what is really kind of the busiest, fullest time of the week, Friday evening, wrapping up our work and getting to the things that we have saved for the weekend. That's what Friday nights are for, but God, this one has some significance to us. This is the one on the calendar that is set apart as the day in which Jesus was crucified. God, thank you for the opportunity for us to meet here. Thank you so much for the the good hard work of those musicians to prepare that for us. Upon a life I did not live and a death I did not die. Upon another's life and death I stake my whole eternity on as they just sang. And Father, we ask that tonight as we look to your word that you would make that song or those lyrics and that truth, God, we pray you'd make that be what our heart feels, what our heart believes and longs for, that we would be, that we would be people of faith, faith in the Savior, Jesus, by his death and resurrection. Father, we ask your blessing on us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I preached this week at a, a local school, private school, for their spring Easter special service. And uh, I preach at that school often, once a semester or something like that, but I had not been there in a while. I wasn't prepared for what I was going to experience, I just hadn't thought about it. The principal there is really good friends with Michelle Fowler. They were co-workers. Michelle Fowler is a dear friend to me and Valeria, and she was a part of our church for 10 plus years. Michelle Fowler passed away from cancer at 40 years old just a few weeks ago. Very heavy and difficult and a lot to take in. But I went to that school all ready to go Wednesday morning, excited to be around those students and preach to an entire school and it was good. And then I ran into that teacher who's the principal now. And every time I see her, which is like once a semester, we would talk about Michelle, her long lost friend who now had moved away. They used to work together. How's Michelle doing? How's her cancer going? We'd have that conversation. And so right there in the chapel, as we were getting ready, just moments away from the service starting, she came up, hey, Pastor Josh, glad that you're here, and it was my time to say, hey, good to see you, and say, have you talked to Michelle lately? And that just about came out of my mouth before I realized, hmm. So I had to say, did you hear about Michelle? You know, death is... Death is painful. I imagine everybody in the adults felt the pain of it. Everybody in this room, every adult in the room has felt the pain of it before. Some of you are really, really close to feeling the pain of, of death. What is death? Is it the end of life? Well, we, supposedly there's more. What is death? Why do some people seek it? Why do some people hate it? 
We definitely don't like it. Yet, we're here tonight because of a death. You hurried here after work to get here in time for a 6.30 Friday evening service, and we're calling it a good one. It's a good Friday. I asked that question to JJ and Eli as we were in the car this week. What makes it good? That's what we're here for tonight. We're here to look at this idea of death. We're here to take in what it means that Good Friday is about the death of Jesus. And I pray, and I've been praying, that your heart is ready for this. It's good for us to be here. And it indeed is a good Friday. Or it is rather good Friday. Read with me, if you will, at Matthew chapter 27. We're going to read five verses, 45 through 50, or six verses, 45 through 50. And then we're going to look at what death is, or the meaning of death in the Bible. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Now look at verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He died. He had been nailed to the cross that morning. He hung there for quite some time. The way crucifixions go, they usually torture. It's, it's usually a torturous death, so they suffer for a long time. Jesus was so worn out that he didn't put up much of a fight on the cross. Sometimes they have to break their legs to kind of end the struggle. They didn't have to with Jesus. He was already dead. Jesus died. Tonight I want to look at what death is. I want to give you three points on what death is. And then I want us to ask, well, how did that happen to Jesus? Number one, death is the end. Number two, death is evil. And number three, death is expected. End, evil, expected. End, evil, expected. Death is the end. I think you know this. Now, it may not be the end if you start getting spiritual and talking about our faith and heaven and eternal life and all of that, but as far as life here on earth, right here, it's the end. A life has ended. We've lost a loved one. They passed away. Those are the things we say, and the reason why is because it's the end, right? Right now, I was born in 1979, and my life goes, and there's a dash there, but we don't have a year at the end because my life's not over. But there will be a day sometime where my life ends, and it'll say 1979, and they'll stick a year there because my life had ended. Death is the end of one's life, and you know this. I don't, I'm not very good at getting on the phone and keeping in touch with my parents or my grandparents. I don't make those calls as often as I should. So when I 
when I do, or if I ever do, I tend to say, well, how are your parents doing? It's reasonable, right? Ask my parents how their parents are doing. Asking about my grandparents. I've only got one grandparent left, and in recent years, they've passed away. It's fairly new to me to only have one grandparent living. I don't have a grandfather living anymore. I've only got one grandmother living. It's been several times where I've been on the phone and I've thought to ask, have you talked to my dad and say, have you been over to your dad's house? But thankfully, I noticed right before I said that, don't ask that. See, our lives are built up with living, right? We spend our whole lives doing things and then somebody passes away and it's the end and then we're like, well, how do I deal with this? Death's uncomfortable. And, and, and many times we find ourselves going, you've heard people say it, I keep waiting for them to walk through the door. But they don't, because death is the end. Death is the end. The great, the great warning to us of death is that if you die, it's done. Be careful if you're doing dangerous things. You don't want to die. You don't want your life to end. Death is the end. Remember in the garden, God said, don't eat from that tree for the day that you do, you will surely die. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. Your life's going to be over. Death is the, death is the end. Number two, death is evil. It's from evil. It's evil because it's from the devil. Satan is the one who came to Adam and Eve in the garden. You remember that. Came disguising himself as a serpent. God had said, if you do this, you're going to surely die. And Satan says, you're not going to surely die, right? You know that? Satan had just taken what Satan had taken what God had just said and said, No, you're not going to die. And so now he's trying to get them to die. You see that? That's so evil. We hate death. Death, death pains us and hurts us, and Satan wants that for us. It's evil. He wants us to hurt. He wants us to suffer. He wants us to feel pain. He wants us to cry. Death is evil, and it's from Satan. That's why it is evil. Let me read to you this exchange of Jesus with the Pharisees in John chapter 8. You don't have to turn there. They answered Jesus and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. Jesus is looking for an identity with your father. But now you seek to kill me, death. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, this is not what Abraham did. You were doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Listen to this. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Now listen to this. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Do you hear that from Jesus? 
From the beginning of creation, Satan is seeking to kill. He's a murderer. And he's telling these people that they're more like him than they are like God. Satan's a murderer. He wants to kill people. Satan wants us dying. It's so ugly for him to be that way. Satan is anti-God, anti-life. He's evil, he's sinful, he's wrong. God gives us life, Satan kills. In John chapter 10, when Jesus says that he's the good shepherd, he goes on to say in verse 10, that I come to give you life, and that, that you would have it more abundantly. He says, but the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. The very nature of what he wants to do is kill you. You remember the exchange of, of God with Satan in the book of Job? Satan's wanting to get closer and closer and closer to getting Satan. Uh, uh, Satan's wanting to get closer and closer and closer to getting Job to die. Hurt him. Hurt him. Let me kill other people around him. Let me hurt him by death with his family. Let me hurt him by death with his wife. Now, let me hurt him by death with him. But God wouldn't let him. Death is evil. Well, we know death. Because we know evil, we know sin. Remember, that's what brought the death in the garden. They were to experience the dying if they did the disobeying. We know death because we know evil. We know death because we know sin. If you don't know sin, you won't know death. No sin, no death. Romans 6.23, very familiar to us. For the wages of sin is death. If you sin, you will die. If you don't sin, you won't die. That was the very uh, a contract in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Do whatever you want here in the garden. Take care of the garden. But don't eat from that tree. Because if you do, you will die. If you don't, you'll live. But if you do, you'll die. Death is the end and death is evil because death is from the devil. Satan, he wants us to. Satan kills. Death is the end. Death is from evil. And thirdly, death is expected. Death is expected. We know that death is coming. Now you know that it's unexpected. We don't know when, too. So death is expected and unexpected. We don't know when we're going to die, but it is expected. We all know we're going to die. Nobody in here thinks that you're going to be here in 3016, right? I don't think so. It's 2016, a thousand years from now would be 3016. I don't know if people will be here, but if people are still on earth in 3016, Josh Green and none of you all will be here, right? It's expected we're going to die. That's my point. No one thinks that they have forever. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Or what about James in chapter 4, 13 and 14? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. The very Word of God says you don't know if you will be here tomorrow. How dare you say that tomorrow you're going to an Easter egg hunt? 
You are only going to the Easter egg hunt tomorrow that our church is leading at the high school for all of the community if God gives us tomorrow, right? And James wants us to know that our lives don't last forever. Death is expected. It's coming. Death is the end. Death is from evil. Death is expected. It's awful and we hate it. One of the things that pastors get to do that's such a joy is you get to go around and visit people that can't come to church anymore. We call that those homebound or, or shut-in ministry. And Back in the, in the summers, especially about years ago when I was a youth pastor, I used to really enjoy to take the, the high schoolers with me during the summer to visit the elderly that were in the nursing homes. It was cool. It was fun to do that. They were always a little bit nervous to be there. You never know what you're going to see when you get into a situation like that. But there was one lady, Miss Christine Stith, who was just such a joy to be around. She really was. When I preached her funeral, I had three points that reminded me of Christine Stith. Joy, jokes, and Jesus. Because that's what she was like. And I was making some plans this week about what I might do this summer with some of the teenagers to get me around them a little bit more and I thought you know what I'm going to take them to see Miss Christine Stith but about as soon as I had that thought I realized wait a second Miss Christine Stith passed away just recently can't, I can't take them to see her and once again I thought goodness I hate death I hate it Death is the end, death is evil, death is expected. And yet we're here tonight on Good Friday because of a death, the death of Jesus. And if this is what death is, it's the end and it's evil and it's expected and it's from Satan and it's a consequence of sin and all of that stuff that we're, we're pretty strong on and that we believe, then how did Jesus die? That's a, that's a good question. That's a really, really good question that you need to have an answer for, a strong one. You need to have thought through that. You need to process that. You need to, you need to figure out whether you even believe that. That song that they sang before I come up to preach kind of is, 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 is somebody who's come to the conclusion of what I'm trying to say tonight. How did that happen to Jesus? How did he come to the end of his life? How did Jesus take the blow of evil? Or how did the expected happen to him, knowing who he is? Let me remind you, number one, Jesus does not end. Death is the end, but Jesus does not end. He's God. God doesn't have a beginning God doesn't have a maker. He is the maker. God is eternal. For as far as we're going in the future, he's that far in the past. He never started. Jesus does not end. He's God. He tells us that he's the Alpha and the Omega. He tells us that he's the first and the last. Do you remember how John introduces his gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus is God, and he does not have an end. He is everlasting. In that same passage that I read earlier about him arguing with the Pharisees in John chapter 8, just before that, earlier in the chapter, or, or actually just a little bit later in that chapter, 
They finally stick their chest out when he's getting on them about being like their father, Abraham, who's like the devil in many ways. They say, oh, don't, don't you talk about our daddy. Our daddy's Abraham. And Jesus, with the humility that he carries, says, before Abraham was, I am. John chapter 8, verse 48. And when he said, I am, we know what he means. He means, I am God. I am who I am. I am the name that God gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 2. Before Abraham was whoever he was, and he's gone, I am God. He didn't begin, and he doesn't end. He's Jesus. Hebrews tells us, 13.8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever Jesus is. He doesn't end. But I just told you that death is the end. And y'all agree with me that death is the end. So how did Jesus end? Number two, Jesus is not evil. I know you know that. We just love to read the passages about him. He, he treated people well. He was kind. He was compassionate. He cared for people. He loved people. He embodied for us humility and goodness. You know, this week, the Passion Week, we, one of the things we talk about is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What a picture, right? He's less than 24 hours from the cross, right? He knows he's about to die. And he gets up from dinner and starts washing their feet. I mean, what a, what a guy. What a great guy. He's not evil. When Paul's explaining who he is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he describes him as him who knew no sin. Jesus never sinned. When Pilate was asking the people, what do you want me to do, Bar Barabbas or him? They, they, they say, Barabbas, and, and he says, but, but this man's innocent. I don't know any evil he's done. I don't have any dirt on him. When Nicodemus came to him at night in John chapter 3, he said, Jesus, can we talk? I mean, it's obvious that you've come from God. He's not evil. Jesus didn't end. Jesus isn't evil. Jesus is not expected to die, number three. Now, the Old Testament predicted it and predicted it and predicted it. You've got it even from the beginning right after Adam and Eve sinned. You've got it all throughout the prophets. The hints are there. You get to the, you get to the New Testament with the Gospels and Jesus just straight up says, y'all are going to tear this down, I'm going to die, but three days later I'll be back. He tells them that. And they don't get it. So it was expected looking back, but nobody expected it there. So therefore, even after he said that he was going to die, once he died, everybody scattered. They went and hid out. They didn't know what to do. That Saturday, which is tomorrow, seems to be the most mysterious day in the history of the world. We don't know anything about it. We don't know where the Christians were. We don't know what was happening. It was dark. It was gloomy. It was quiet. There was no preaching going on that day. None. Nobody was saying, you better get right with God. You better get saved. Be forgiven of your sins. Even the people that believed in God and the forgiveness of sins were like... <clears throat> It wasn't expected for him to die. Because it's just not in our uh, nature to think awful, ugly things happening to the best person we know. 
but he died. So how did this happen to him? How did he end if he doesn't end? How did he go through evil if he's not evil? And how did he die when he wasn't expected to die? Because death is the embodiment of those things. Death is the end. It's going to happen to you. Death is evil. It's happening because you sin. Death is expected. You better be ready. It's coming. How did it happen to him? Why did it happen to him? Folks, this is why it's Good Friday. This right here is why it's Good Friday. The Bible says that God did it as his plan before the foundation of the world to redeem us. The Bible says that God did it out of his love for us to save us, to forgive us of our sins. This very thing that is so complex is for us our salvation. He did that for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not die. He did it so that we would not die. I told you we were driving in the car this week and I had just J.J. and Eli in the back seat and I stopped and I said, what's, what's, what's coming up this week? And they said, Good, good Friday and... I said, well, what's good about it? They said, well, Jesus died. And I said, well, what's good about Jesus dying? And J.J. said, he died for our sins so that we don't have to die for our sins. And I thought to myself, man, that's, that is good. That is really, really good. He died for our sins so that I don't have to die for my sins. That's a good Friday, isn't it? That's good news. So to take this in and to process this, obviously for Christians, we're staking it all on the the crucifixion and the resurrection. Literally everything. You just sang it in the song. I stake my whole eternity on it. And the world or unbelievers or those with other, other beliefs want to pin it on, listen, they want to pin it on whether it happened or not. And that's, that's part of understanding and arguing it. But I want to ask you this. Do you understand death to be the end? Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. You've lost a loved one before. You've missed them. You've felt the pain of it. We realize so much that we're finite. Hey, I'm going to die sometime soon. I'm aware of that. I experience that. We feel that. Right? Death is evil. You know that. It's from evil. We're familiar with all types of stuff. Just this week in in Brussels, we hear of of a bombing that kills some 30 plus people. Death. Some 30 plus deaths happening and it should not have happened. We're familiar with this. We're familiar with people dying around us. We're familiar with bad things happening, people getting shot, car accidents, murders. We're familiar with death. And so in Good Friday, I want to ask you, do you believe that Jesus' death was for yours? 
do you believe that Jesus' death was so that your death would be differently? Do you believe that Jesus' death was because of your sins so that your death would not be before your sins? Do you believe that? See, the Bible wants us, and, 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 and that's why I'm so thankful for a good Friday. Those of, you, those of y'all that got to talk to me, I was, so, I was so ready for this weekend. I'm ready for tonight and for tomorrow and for Sunday morning. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it because we're, we're, we're bringing right into conversation the very crux of what we're about. Do you believe that Jesus' death is the only answer for your death? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you you mindful of your sins? Do you admit that you sin? Do you know that you sin? Do you hate that you sin? And instead of doing whatever the whole world does with their sins, enjoying it, loving it, embracing it, or making excuses for it, or hiding it, or trying to fix yourself and better yourself, whatever that might be, instead of any of that, would you hear tonight from the word that Jesus died? A man who, should, who does not end, ended. A man who is not evil, became evil. For us. Because of us. This is what makes it Good Friday. Kevin DeYoung writes, The point of Good Friday is not to feel sorry for Jesus. Jesus does not need our sympathy. The point is to feel sorry for your sin. For if we don't feel sorry for our sin, we have good reason to weep. There will be no salvation for those who reject God's appointed Savior. This is Christianity. That I know myself to be sinful. That I know myself to be under the influence, to some extent, of evil. That I know myself to be dying. And yet Jesus, on that Friday, nailed to a cross, hung there to die for that. What wondrous love is this we just sang, right? What a good song. How deep the Father's love for us we just sang. What a good song. The very love of God is seen in what Jesus is doing for us on the cross. Romans 5.8 says it like this. For God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. That's what Good Friday is. And we Christians, believers, are those who say, I get it. My hope and my life and my eternity and my salvation comes from Jesus. What he did on the cross. And how he sealed the deal that Sunday, three days later, with the resurrection. That's what this holiday is all about. This is our holiday. Easter is about the death and resurrection of Jesus. So I ask you tonight to not gloss over that the death, that death is the end, that death is evil, and that death is expected. Embrace those full on. Don't be scared of it. Know the answer to it. Jesus died for us. And by trusting that, we will be saved. Let's pray. Father, Father, thank you for Good Friday. 
God, thank you for us being able to try to put some sense to death. We do hate it. What is it? It's ugly. It's awful. But we celebrate it tonight. Because when God dies for us, the Holy One for the unholy, we can be saved. Our death can find life. Our darkness can find light. God, I pray that we would be that type of a believer. One who does not run from death or be scared of death or run from sin or be scared of sin. But instead, those who confess it because we know the one who died for it. God, may we be those Christians who see our greatest strength in the death of Christ. This is where our identity comes from. God's love for us seen in Jesus dying for us. God, we love you because we know that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.